The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. Showtime. The right way to start your day. This is Jen, Gabe and Chewy. The club is the homeowners club. Sure. And it seems like, from what I've heard... You got the typical indoctrination into the homeowner's oh, club. I just figured I'd break something right away just to see what would happen. I was just here like three weeks ago for your wedding. What happened? Well, I always think April's going to clean up. And I never clean up. <laughs> it's cute, right? No. So you lost even though the water heater was your fault? Yeah. Typically, when it's not your fault, that goes followed by the refrigerator and then followed by the garage door. You guys... Frying marbles? We are checking to see if the fire alarm worked. It doesn't. The washer and dryer. Usually, usually it happens in freeze. So, don't fight it. It's like Murphy's Law. Just let it go and it'll run its course. This again. What have you guys got against washing dishes? We don't have any dishes, okay? This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at The Avenue. With Gabe Neitzel and Mark Chamora. Here's Jen Latta. She wants to ride it, she's trying to hide it I'm cool as ever, she's too excited Her man look like he wanna fight He ain't doing nothing but running his mouth When you are a competitive person You try to be competitive In stupid stuff Like when I go to the airport, guys I'm that person that like walks through the TSA pre-check line And is then like Watch how talented I am at the TSA pre-check line. Look, look how quickly I can foom, 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 suitcase on the belt, foom, foom, vest off, da, 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 phone in the pocket. Da, da, da. And like, there's no reason for me to be competitive in that space. There's no reason for me to care how fast or efficiently I get through the TSA pre-check line. And yet, every time, Gabe, every single time. What's your record getting to the airport? Oh, wait. So the other... Yes. So that's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have timed myself yeah, of course getting you have. from the car, right, where I yep. park my car at General Mitchell to the gate. Now, the gate changes yeah. from trip to trip, but usually, if I mean, I'm being honest, it's the last gate out of the D terminal. Yeah. Well, I mean, in General Mitchell, I mean, Mitchell's not a big airport. I mean, it doesn't does it really matter what gate you're leaving from. They're all right there. Would it shock you to know that I have gotten from my car okay. in the parking lot to the gate mm-hmm. in six minutes? No. So you've timed that. Have you timed from your house to the airport? Uh, I know that it's about, it's just under 30 door to door from my house to the airport. So, but you don't have like your own no, personal record. No, because I can always, you know, put a little more weight on the gas pedal. If oh, you of course, yeah. yeah. Um, Chew, do you find yourself doing that? Are you competitive in stupid things, things that like have no bearing on the outcome of your day or on your life, but just to see if you still have like? I mean, sometimes when you're at the airport, setting your personal record depend, you know, makes or breaks if you're leaving the airport or not. Especially for no. me, yes. <laughs> But I still, when I walk down the sidewalk, avoid the cracks because you'll break your mama's back. <laughs> yeah, famously. You, you don't want to do that. that. Yeah. It's devastating. Uh, the only thing I do is I try to top my own filling of the gas tank. What do you mean? You know, when you fill it up, it's you have 396 miles till empty. 
I'm always trying to beat that. Oh, mm. you actually are keeping track on the odometer of how many miles you've gone? Well, it has the readout right there next to the gas tank. Oh, wait. So you can reset it. Like you can zero it out when you get gas and then see how many miles you get on the tank. Or you just fill it and it'll automatically do it. It will? Yeah. You have a fancy car. Eh. Ish. <laughs> well, Jason. not my car. I'm, I'm baffled by that whole situation. Are you guys people who end on whole dollars? Like you put your tank gas on, it clicks, and then you're at. Sixty-four cents. Will you then push it to the next whole dollar? When I was in high school, yes. Absolutely not. When I was in high school, I'd be going in and paying with cash. Oh, sure. So, like then, yes. Now I don't even pay attention. When you're digging through the couch and you have a dollar seven, and you have to stop it right on a dollar seven. Oh, that's a fun game. Well, or or did you ever stop on a dollar eight, (laughs) you? Have to take one uh, of the take a penny, leave a pennies? No, nah, you just put a button. They have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> was, it a, was it a blind person working at the that's, cookie mart? That's how we used to pay for the subway in Boston. was called the T. Remember the old days? Yeah. You have to put the change in the little thing by the driver. We'd stuff buttons in there and stuff. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, have you ever filled up a gas tank? For like the lawnmower or the snowblower, and then you're sitting there, and the sensor goes off, right? Because there's a sensor on yeah. the end of the gas thing, and so you're li- you're holding it down, and it's like clunk, clunk, and you're like, no. So you hold it down again, and it's like clunk, clunk. no. We're still <laughs> filling the tank here, people. So have, you're- you ever, have you ever <laughs> driven away with the nozzle still in the tank? No, never. Not one time ever, ever. That Do you know like someone who has? Thing. Doesn't it? It yeah. seems like a jet. Gen- no, it, but- a- no, you have to get gas first. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> But True, but also, when I'm there, again, to bring it back to the airport, I'm doing the how quickly and efficiently can I do this, right? I, I am doing the thing where I am unscrewing the gas tank while I'm pushing the buttons on the thing. I boop the card. I put the pin in. No, I don't want ga- uh, do car wash. Have- no, I don't want a soda. No, I don't want two-for-one burritos. Just give me my gas. Let's be honest. You want the two-for-one burritos? I do, yeah. but you know. <laughs> From a gas station? What are you, insane? Do- have you seen what she eats for breakfast here? Uh, good what? point. I eat good stuff. She had yeah. olives yesterday. Yeah, had a jar of olives yesterday. It's crazy person and, and stuff. And the chops. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget about the chops. <laughs> it's easy to forget about the chops when you show up yeah. with a jar of olives. Well, those I got on a quick trip. You know, you can get anything at quick trip. So I walked in and was like, ooh, I got this. But then I did tell uh, my husband and my son, I wouldn't have bought the little travel thing of olives had I remembered that I had purchased a giant jar of them at Costco the last time we Oof. were there. I love olives. Green olives? Uh, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that much is clear. Jen, are you, it seems like you're forcing yourself to be anxious with everything being a race and everything being a competition. I go to the gas station and I put gas in my car and then I leave. I don't think about if I do this all at once, I can shave off 30 seconds of time here for my next lap. Yeah, spoken like <laughs> someone who doesn't have three kids and seven jobs. <laughs> like, this is the thing. I have to be able to fit things in. I have to be able to be efficient and move efficiently. But the whole idea of the zero or the five is crazy to me in this day and age. Who is pay- who is trying to balance a checkbook where you need those even and round numbers? Well, this is from yesterday on Wildey and Tausch. They were talking to Evan Cohen. Jason Wildey and Evan shared that same neuroticism. Here's the audio. I did the thing where I missed the even number 
of dollars for gas? Yeah, so then I had to go a whole nother dollar, and it was a tight squeeze into the tank because I had to you get to zero, zero. Why are you guys not just filling your tank full? Why are you doing this? We you are. You're not paying. No, you do. You, no, you're missing. Tausch, you're on the wrong side of history on this one. No, Seriously. You fill your tank all the way, and then if it's like 4147 you got to get to 4150. Why? And then if it goes to 51, you got to get to 55. And then if it goes to 56, you got to get to 60. You have to end gas on 0 or 5. A hundred cases is 100% right on this. And why do you have to do that? Well, because that's a... when you're weird and psychotic like the two say... of us, that's, that's why. <laughs> it's a so conversation you'll dump for gas, So you'll dump gas on the ground in order to get it to the right no, number. No, we're not going that far. No, no. That's what no. it sounds you like to me. You know what I me. think it really is? I'll, I'll make another reference to my dad. I learned that from my dad. If I had to guess, the reason he did that when I was a kid was to balance the credit card and checkbook with easy math before everything was done digitally. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess. But you don't have to do that anymore. No. When is the last time, quick poll, that anybody here balanced a checkbook? How about ever have balanced a checkbook? Say never in my life. Well, not you, NFL boy. <laughs> <laughs> you got people. But I haven't done that since... I mean, when I was working at Fox 6, making notoriously zero money, not zero money, they did, you know. They did actually pay you some money? Some money, not a lot of money, but some money. They paid me some money to do that job. Um, That's the last time I think I've balanced check because I was nervous about not having enough money. So you had to make sure that you had enough money to cover it. Now, and this is not like a sick brag, you're rich. It's just there's enough money in the bank where I don't worry about am I going to go dip under the Mason-Dixon line. Do you, guys, do you guys carry cash? No. Yeah. Uh-huh. A lot or a little? Um, the only time I'll yes, do something Gabe, like this. Tell us if you carry a lot of cash so that <laughs> yeah, people can to say, follow like, you out to your car. not comfortable answering that question right now. leave it open. No, the only time I do it is like uh, you go to a fast food place and it's uh, $18.95. So I'll give them a 20 in the five because I don't want the change back. They should do away with change. Do you do that? Uh... I, I don't. No. <laughs> about the only reason I ever have cash on me is for betting purposes. I just boop the card. Betting yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. just easier on the golf course. Uh-huh. Hey, what are you, here's your money. I will here's tell you this. Money. There are people who have been holdouts for a while, right? Like when I go to the nail salon and get my nails done, the uh, technicians for a very long time encouraged you to pay their tips in cash. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is so they don't have to claim them. We understand. I worked in a restaurant for years. Same type of thing, right? You always were like, hey, cash is great because the government won't know about it. So people were so frequently not having cash and they would end up getting stiffed on the tip that they finally caved and went to Venmo. They finally were like, everyone there now has a Venmo account. They've got a little ring with the scanners with the QR codes on it so you can just flip through the little ring like you would pick your nail colors, go to the thing, scan the thing, send the tip. But that's what it took. It took enough people not having cash and them not getting tips on the services to go electronic. And I'm pretty sure we're there almost across the board, right? Like When I pay people, I pay people with Venmo. I'll never use it, ever. I don't trust technology. Okay. Except all right. For, except for all the things you do trust. Yeah, I, I was about to say, in, except for the fact that you're investing in technology and you're going to be a, con- a contributor to the robot revolution. Yeah, because I'd rather stiff it to you guys instead <laughs> of getting stiffed myself. And well, let's let's keep the stiffings away from everyone here. Yeah, <laughs> keep the stiffings in your own house, yeah. please.
You trust implicitly technology. Not implicitly, but for the most part. I, I trust multinational publicly traded entities that are responsible. To protect my money. <laughs> yeah. And I also feel like, too, like most of it, because it's trackable, yes. right? If I, if, let's just say there was some bank error not in my favor, Monopoly. 20 bucks. Right? All of us, they can tell me right away. They can see yeah. what happened, where mm-hmm. it went. It's all monitored digitally. It's well, all monitored electronically. I mean, that probably happened to me two or three years ago. Where I had, had I had to get a new Amex. Like somebody had gotten a hold of whatever my number was. There were a couple of fraudulent charges. They didn't go crazy. It was like a fifty dollar like direct TV charge. Yeah. And Amex called me right away. Hey, this seems weird. Did you do this? Nope. All right, we're gonna shut it down. We're gonna send you a new card. We're also gonna send you an email. It's gonna have like a temporary one that you can have if you need to spend money online for whatever. We're gonna send you a temporary number until you get your new card. Cool, of, thanks. A lot of times what they do, people who are scamming you, is they see if you got money in there, yeah. and then they aggressively spend more and more money. But going back to Jen and the looking at uh, checking accounts or balancing checking, I've never once had to do that because when I first got my first bank account, uh, it had we had mobile banking. But I don't look at my bank account, not for the same reason of I know there's going to be money there. It's the reason of I don't want to know what's in there. <laughs> I got a general idea, and I can do some mental math, but I don't want to look in there because sometimes it can be depressing. Obviously, if I'm going to buy something and it's a few hundred dollars, I'll give it a look. Sometimes to make it sure. can be depressing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am loving Josh's attitude towards life. <laughs> Just throw up the blinders. Yeah. I just don't want to know. La, 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 la. Could be good. Could be it. Who could say? I get paid twice a month. All I know is it's not going to affect my day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not I get paid twice sink. a month. The money goes where it needs to automatically. And then after that? Life takes me what where it will. What if just for funsies, you ended up having like 50 grand additional dollars in your bank account because you hadn't been paying attention to it and it just was sort of slowly accumulating, you know. Well, that's not going to happen. That's what? just not reality. <laughs> <laughs> but I could tell you this, I could magically get $50,000 and they could take it away like a bank error and I'd be none the wiser. They'd have to tell <laughs> me about it. <laughs> Look at Joshy protecting his peace. Look at Joshy. They could, th- they could throw a hundred grand in yeah. there. I, have, I would have no idea. That's not my business, I guess. <laughs> I will say this. The, the times that I most pay attention to my bank account is when I'm expecting a payment on something. And then I watch it like a pot. You know, like a pot that's boiling on the yeah. stove. And I'm just like, is it there yet? Is it there yet? Is it there yet? Is it there yet? You know, and that that gives me anxiety. What I think we're realizing is that I choose to exist in the anxiety space. Yeah, yes. To, <laughs> You're actively participating. I choose to insert myself into the space and then just kind of camp there for a while. Yeah, I, I'm avoiding it. I'm running circles around it, just making sure it's not there. Chew, do you have any idea how much money is in your bank account? None. <laughs> None is in there's none in your bank account or none is if you have no I idea. Have no idea. I wouldn't even know how to go about checking <laughs> my bank account. You don't have an app on your phone? Oh, of course he no, doesn't. Of course not. Are you kidding me? My wife's never gonna let me have that. Have you you met this man? <laughs> Come on. What what in his existence? He has an Amazon allowance that on the regular gets taken away from him. You think he has access to the bank code? Just just no. out of curiosity, Chew, and we would never ever 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 wish this, but on the off chance that something were to happen to your lovely wife, how in the world are you gonna be able to go on? Like and I, I don't mean emotionally, right? Because she's the love of your life and whatnot. I mean like literally. Like you don't know the access codes, you don't no, her have sister the takes card. over. Her sister, she has a sister. 
Wait, that's so, smart like her. That, <laughs> yes. Wait, it's so, already all set up. I mean, he's got. I'm he's, fine. He's got the debit card. He can still go spend money until you know. So you basically keep swiping it until he just says he can't swipe it anymore, and then figure it out from there. He has like what was the Britney Spears scandal where they the family took over? That's what Chewy has. He has <laughs> yeah, he has like conservatorship. Yes, I have a version of that. He's, I'm not. He's under lie. the Goff family conservatorship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when does Uncle Jack take so, over? So, so as much as we want to sit here and make fun of Jen's ch- uh, choice of existence, <laughs> it is sort of feeling like maybe it's the better alternative to whatever. The- no, whatever's oh, over there. I'm no, Chewy's life. I'm taking <laughs> Chewy's Look, 100%. Hey. But like, you are actively hey, putting hey, more hey, stress hey, in your life. Yes. Chewy has a relatively stress-free existence. He's so he, could, he couldn't stress I, if he tried to. <laughs> <laughs> I float through life. Exactly. That's all I do. It I sounds float. glorious. He doesn't yeah. even get yelled at at work. <laughs> I do. I mean, I, I've really never had a real job. <laughs> yeah, we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he picked, the, he picked the, the, the tobacco fields when he was a teenager yeah, and... Hung him up after that, got to college, and he yes. hung him up. The the first clue was the lack of professionalism pretty much across the board. <laughs> this guy's never read a manual ever. All right, we got to take a break. We've got Jason Wildy coming up next. This conversation sparked by the conversation they were having on his show yesterday. We'll get into those Packers right after this with our guy Jason Wildy on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Ready, down. All Packers, all the time. He has come light years in the last two months, and people should be over the moon excited about that. Okay, most of the time. Almonds specifically or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts work. It's Jason Wildy on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are driven by you. Great to chat with our friend and teammate Jason Wildy. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing today? Hello, la la la. Very nice, very nice. Um, we got a good laugh here yesterday on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy about Mark Murphy's response to the hashtag Nobody Likes You email. And then I noticed on Packers.com that in the most recent mailbox, a lot of people were coming to Mark Murphy's defense and talking about his leadership and, and how. Well, the organization has done and the franchise has done with him um, atop the uh, the hierarchy. How do you think when he does hang it up, how do you think his legacy, how do you think he will be remembered, Mark Murphy, as president of the Packers? Uh, Titletown and all that expansion. Um, colossal profits, uh, including negotiating the challenges of COVID. Uh, and uh, winning a Super Bowl um, on his watch with guys that Bob Harlan hired. No draft? Um, or Yeah, he'll have draft, too. That's next year. Got good one. Another good one. So when, he'll have accomplished a lot. When he goes into the Packers Hall of Fame, Jason, are they going to use the picture of him in the tube going down the sledding hill? I hope so. That's a great picture. He seems very happy there. He does. Doesn't he? I mean, you know, you, you, who doesn't have fun when they're sliding down a hill? Look, I, I, I think he's done a very good job. Uh, he's been a great steward of an, a very important job. 
I I said this to someone yesterday. I do think he uh, is a wannabe stand-up comedian trapped in the body of an NFL team president. And so I, I do think that there have been um, a lot of instances throughout the course of his tenure in which he has said things that maybe the organization would have preferred he didn't, or he said things that he should not have as the team president because he was going for the joke, Um, which is fine because we all try to be funny. And many of us, myself included, fail at times. I just, he's just a very different president than Bob Harlan was. And I, I, I just have always, compared the two. And I, I always thought, you know, my biggest pet peeve, I mentioned this yesterday, I think to, to KBN, my biggest pet peeve is this administration really loves the narrative of we're owned by the fans. We don't have a deep pocketed billionaire owner. And remember, I, I understand I'm not a fan, but you know, my par- my grandparents bought season tickets in the 1940s when the Packers were struggling and Milwaukee helped save them, uh, they would, that was when they played games at State Fair Park in West Dallas. And so we still have the Milwaukee ticket package in our family. My brother has it. And for me anyway, um, I also bought a share of stock for my father when they went on sale in 1997, uh, which that was early in my career. And I didn't have, uh, you know, all that discretionary income as a young reporter and I still plop down my $200 for my dad to have a share of stock. So I I don't come at this just as some sort of skeptic who thinks all this stuff is stupid. Um, And my point is, is that it's great to have the narrative that we're owned by the fans, but I think, especially on Mark Murphy's watch, I I just don't think they've done enough for fans. The ticket prices have skyrocketed for, you know, we have three tickets or my brother has three tickets. Uh, that ain't cheap. Uh, I understand there are a lot of people that own like 40 tickets and basically sell most of them, if not all of them. Um, but I think for the average Packers fan family, there is more that could be done, uh, to show the appreciation for all the ways that fans support this organization. I, I, if, if there is a criticism that I have of the Mark Murphy regime, that would be it. Hey, Chew. Yes? You got a question? <laughs> hey, buddy. Hi, buddy. Jason, explain the process. System. When do they start formulating a list for his replacement? Will that be just a formality? Because is there someone in the building that's probably going to get it? I do think there's someone who is clearly the leading candidate. I am sure they will go through a process. Um, but Ed Policy, whose father, Carmen Policy, obviously was an executive with the 49ers, um, you know, he's the guy that basically was delegated all the responsibility for Titletown and did a fantastic job. Um, I really like Ed. I think he's really smart. Um, I think he is, you know, because his dad was kind of old school like Bob Harlan, I think he's got some of the similar sensibilities. I also, you know, I'll be honest, I've said to Ed what I just said to you guys, uh, about, you know, even something simple like, hey, it's shareholders weekend at the Packers Pro Shop. And, 
show your shareholders card and you'll receive 25% off your entire purchase, which by the way, would probably drive more sales on a, on a weekend where they have the shareholders meeting. Um, so I, I, I think he's the very clear cut leading candidate, but that doesn't guarantee anything. Um, you know, the last time the Packers had a change in the presidency, um, there was a clear cut, uh, succession plan for John Jones to take over. Then he had a catastrophic medical condition situation that came up and then they had to go back into the process. And Mark, Mark Murphy was chosen, uh, by basically a, a headhunting firm and Jason Weed was the person that Bob Harlan wanted to see take over a green Bay guy. You know, I do think there's also some of that. And, and obviously I have a lot of folks that I know in the, in the building, a lot of people that have been there for a really long time. And I think that there is also a feeling for some of them, you know, that maybe they're not always as appreciated, which I'm sure is true of every workplace. But again, you, if we're, if we're going to talk about how it's, it's in the bricks and it's about the people, um, you know, it's interesting to hear how some of them maybe feel about how they're viewed. Talking with Jason Wildley, uh, worth mentioning that Joe Barry has a new job. He has been hired as the yeah. linebackers coach slash run game coordinator, which, I mean, best of luck to the Miami Dolphins. That guy has no interest in stopping the run, so interesting that you would hire him as your, you know, <laughs> defensive run game coordinator. Best but of I, luck. <laughs> but I digress. Jason, is your day ruined when you don't get the double zero and you're filling up the gas tank? Like, what is preventing you when you fill up the gas tank to just when it clicks off, you take it out of the gas tank and you hang the nozzle back up at the gas station? Uh, competitiveness, uh, OCD, lots of things are preventing me. No, my my day is not ruined, Gabe. <laughs> um, that's a second Seinfeld reference I've made now today along with, hello, la, la, la. Hola. Um, uh, <laughs> so played. Um, I, I would, I would just say this. It, it is, and, and I tried to explain it yesterday. I'm surprised. Now I feel like we really hit on a good topic. If Jen, Gabe, and Chewy are using it in some form or fashion on their program, um, it is just how my brain is wired. Uh, I also do that when I tip when we go out to dinner. If 20%, let's say it's a $42 bill, mm-hmm. so 20% would be eight forty. Uh, I tip 8 what would it be now? Uh, eight. Yeah, do the math. I want it to end in, in an even number, an even dollar. So I will always tip more past the 20% so it gets to an even number. I don't know why you write your credit card bill. It, it accumulates all kinds of numbers that don't end in zero, zero. I just, this is how I'm wired. I would appreciate it if you wouldn't judge me. I'm not. I'm just I'm asking weird. questions. I get just curious. It. Yeah. Ted Lasso. Oh, the old, I'm just asking questions. Is, <laughs> that's bunk. You, they were very judgmental questions. <laughs> not as judgmental Whoa. as they were about Joe Barry, what, where the jokes just write themselves when you put run game coordinator in his title. I mean, the guy gave up six, 363 yards on the ground against the Eagles two years ago. Like, I don't know if that's the guy you want running your run game. That's that's all I'm saying. They finished 28th. They finished 28th against the run last year. So it's not like you have to go back to two years ago to be able to find an example of maybe this is not his area of expertise.
Uh, Jason, I was talking to Chew about this yesterday because Curb Your Enthusiasm has now dropped its latest season. And I think Chew would love it, but he says he's tried and he can't get into it. Are you into Curb? If you're into Seinfeld, are you into Curb? Never seen it. Uh, Not one episode. I did see a fascinating documentary, though, about a guy. It's on Netflix, I think. Um, That is great. It's called Long Shot, where he he is uh, falsely accused of murder. And uh, the fact that he was at Dodger Stadium when Curb Your Enthusiasm was filming an episode and he is, you can see him in like when Larry David goes up the aisle or something. That was amazing. Yeah, that is great. one of my favorite documentaries I've ever seen, but no, I, I don't, here's my problem. I mean, well, there's a long list, but here, here is one of my, problems. here's the one that's relevant <laughs> to what we're talking about currently. Yes, exactly. And, and look, Seinfeld doesn't have anybody to root for either. It was just a cultural phenomenon at a time when, I didn't have uh, a wife or kids or all kinds of other things going on, so it was I was able to watch it as must-see TV. It is funny. I do like it, but I didn't like the fact that none of the characters were truly likable. But I don't like shows where everybody is varying degrees of jerks or bad guys. Like, I never made it through um, the Breaking Bad series. I tried. I got about halfway through it. Couldn't, couldn't keep going. There's nobody to root for. You dropped the Ted Lasso reference there. One of the reasons why it is my favorite show and why it kind of is, you know, how I coach is kind of in the Ted Lasso vein is because there's a lot of really, you know, kind of happy, feel-good, self-affirmation aspects to that show that I really enjoy. I like happy endings, which I don't like the way that sounded, but I like <laughs> happy endings. Who doesn't? And, 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 and if if I want... <laughs> Be careful over there, okay? Uh, he, my, my, he rarely my, is, my, Jason. My rarely issue is. is that in real life, there's all kinds of crappy stuff that happens. I don't want to watch a show that's predicated on more people being jerks to each other or people uh having unhappy uh endings uh i i want if it's fiction i want to enjoy the happy ending whether it's a after school special or a feature film or a series so i don't would i enjoy curb your enthusiasm jen Oh, probably not. <laughs> I no, was trying Jason, to convince you would myself not. of it, but I don't think not. so. No, I mean, Larry David's character is very, um, what was the word you used, Gabe, to describe him? He, he He's just so awkward. Everything is awkward and it makes you feel uncomfortable. And that is certainly Homer, not for everybody. Right, Jason? A little bit of Homer in him? <laughs> Homer! <laughs> <laughs> but it is, there is a lot of social commentary. I was telling the guys how this this most recent episode, he is he puts a request in his car for Siri to give him directions to a restaurant and Siri misunderstands, so then he repeats it and Siri misunderstands, so then he repeats it again and she, uh, did you mean this? No, I did not mean this. I meant this. And it goes on for a good three minutes. And by the end, he's like, you idiot, you idiot, I didn't say it. I was like, I feel like at some point or another, we all have been there, you know, trying to get the machine to give us the directions to the place we feel like we're saying very clearly, but apparently not clearly enough for Siri. Sounds like you guys talking to Chewy. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that should, note, Jason, <laughs> we should start an off brand series <laughs> called Chewy. <laughs> we will let you go. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, everybody. Take care. Be good. Jason's appearance reminded me that we are going to the Jerry Seinfeld show in Green Bay in April. Yeah. What do you mean, eh? You literally love Seinfeld. Yeah, Why wouldn't you love seeing stand-up? He's one of the best stand-up comedians nope. of all time, but Sorry. I digress. <laughs> Jeez, I don't like stand-up either. Oh, really? Wow. I don't like you. How polarizing did this just become? I like uh, Jerry Seinfeld's work on Seinfeld. Yes. The rest... You can have it. Thank you. Josh, you're my guy. Yeah. Seinfeld Boys. is based on his stand-up comedy. I don't care. It's terrible. Yeah. I will have to let you know after I see the show Airplane on April peanuts. 20th. Yeah. <laughs> that was a terrible impression of Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> it wasn't to be flattering. Oh, was he on helium? <laughs> Did he just suck from a balloon? If you're going to make fun of Jerry, you have to do a what's the deal with. And then Airplane add it, peanuts. you know, come on, at least. Airplane peanuts, yeah. exactly. All right, we'll take a break on Jen Gabe, we roll on after this. want to tell you guys, though, about my friends over at PCI. If you are in the market for any sort of remodeling project, maybe a home addition, maybe you have a building that you just are thinking, this building has a lot of potential, I just don't know how to get to it, the PCI team is here for you. I'm good friends with Mike and Michelle. I think they're wonderful people, but I also know that they run a fantastic business, and they helped us a number of times, but most recently finish our basement. They gave us the space we needed as a family, right? My son is in high school, needed to have his own space where he could watch TV and play video games and get his workouts in and not feel like everybody was on top of him. And that's what the basement remodel that PCI did did for our family. If you are in the market for any of those things, remodeling a home, a home addition, building a new home, Check out my friends at PCI. Their website is professionalconstructioninc.com, professionalconstructioninc.com, and tell them Jen from Jen, Gabe, and Chewy sent you. You are listening to Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Can I be Chuck Woolery? Yeah, Tiny Mike. I mean, my Mike. average. I mean, no, I want to ask the questions. <laughs> Tiny Mike on 94.5 ESPN. Strike me as an I told you so guy. I mean, everybody's got a little bit of that in them, though. You do? Well, not all that Scale often. Scale of one to ten. Oh, probably like a four. Four I told you so? Joshy, you're a high I told you Nine, so. Nine, ten. <laughs> yeah. Chu, are you an I told you so? I'm a 14. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're clear. You understood that the scale was one to ten, right? Yes. Okay, just I, I also never knew who you, Huey Lewis sang... Uh, Speaking of the I told you so, he got you. No idea. It is Hughes Day, and that was a little Beastie Boys, but yes, we can return to the Hughes Day after this. Uh, We know now that the general manager of the Detroit Lions is an I told you so, Brad Holmes yesterday. (laughs) Oh, man. So Brad Holmes yesterday steps to the podium and he's answering questions about the Detroit Lions offseason and he's answering questions about the trajectory of the team and the future of the team and how you evaluate what the Detroit Lions did this season. How much do we have from from old Brad? Because it seemed a little long when I was listening to it. I, I cut down. I've got a minute 50 here, but I think we can, get, we can get the impression here. We can stop it. All right. So let's listen to Brad Holmes yesterday doing a little victory lap in front of the local media. But when you look back at those picks, and those picks were not welcome 
by many in this room. You know, Dave, you want us to pick quarterback. You didn't want us to pick Panay Sewell. You know, people didn't want us to wait to the fourth round to draft a wide receiver. People didn't want to wait on a Derek Barnes to develop. But every single move was intentional and was made with intention. You know, back in 2021, we did not have multiple ones. We did not have multiple twos. We did not have four picks in the first 100, you know. Now, we did have that, and we used those wisely. You guys didn't agree, but we used those picks wisely. But we didn't have – we had one extra pick in 2021. We had a cop third. That was Ify Melifonu. Carlos, I know you said that that was a miss, but that was the only extra. That was the only extra pick. So what I'm saying is, that's not required to sustain what we built going forward. So um, it seems like you're enjoying it a little bit. No, no. It's uh, I'll, I'll say this. I'm big on accountability. Okay, so you get the gist there that he is using yeah. the opportunity to tell the local media. Where they had called him out, him and obviously the rest of the front office out on some of their picks. And he was saying, you didn't like that pick. It seemed to work out pretty well. And I know you think that guy was a bust, but it seemed to work out pretty well. Can't lie then when somebody goes, hey, you seem like you're enjoying this. Oh, no, I'm not enjoying this. I'm just big on accountability. No, you're enjoying it too, pal. This is victory lap of all victory laps, <laughs> like, pal. Yeah. You had the receipts. You called out the guy by name who didn't like your compensatory mm-hmm. pick. But you don't from like 2021. That? You don't like that? I don't think he was disrespectful. He didn't no, seem it was kind of Aaron Rodgers ish, though, isn't it? Yeah. Listen, little rabbit ears listening to every little thing. I think that's a dangerous slope to go down. Yeah, because now you've opened up yourself. Now, if you do not follow up Mm -hmm. what you just did, you have opened up yourself. Yeah, they're coming back at you. Maruba. That is going to be, you know, that is going to be a tough scene if you do not make the playoffs in 2024. But on the flip side, and I am not a proponent of this, I'm not advocating for this, but there will be people now who shut the bleep up. There will be members of the media who recognize because they want to maintain a good relationship with the Detroit Lions. They're the bread and butter in that town for those for those beat writers. And they will not be as critical going forward because the the GM called them out when they were critical in the past. Right, so every pick they make from now on, because my guess is, and I haven't gone back to see what that specific reporter said, but my guess is because every every outlet, every paper, everybody will grade the picks, like, right? Everybody will have, yeah, after every yeah. draft, the picks are going to be graded. And the guy could have just been like, oh, this guy's like a C. Or maybe he's a D. And, okay, the, the player ended up working out. Now this guy's trying to dunk on somebody for doing their damn job. But I'm just saying, like, it, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. There will be people who sure. will back off, who will not go as hard to the hole now because he has said, I remember what you said, I remember what you said. And I'm not saying that I'm encouraging it. I'm not saying you should do this. I'm saying this is a strategy. This is a strategy of saying, hey, why don't you let me do my job yep. and let's wait until the picks get on the field before we actually judge them. But and the, I don't think that that's the worst he, thing in the world by him. He also has to realize that they have a job to do, too. Right? And and I'll always go back to Frank Winters and Bob McGinn. Frank played like crap. Bob wrote about it in the paper. And Frank was all over Bob to a place where it got a little uncomfortable. Like, Frank, shut up. You sucked. Just own it. They have a job to do, too. Now, I wouldn't have done what he did because I think, Jen, like you said, some people are going to 
tread a little more cautiously now, but there are going to be people that will come back at him. Mm-hmm. But his point is, do? I think his point is, if you put that out there, and you're, I think he's saying you're well within your right to do mm-hmm. so, but I have the right to tell you you were wrong. Yeah, sure. but and now you put a target on your back. Yes. Like there's you, not already a target on the general manager of the Detroit Lions? No, there is. Why? Yeah, every one of his decisions gets scrutinized. Everybody That's thinks the they job. can do the job. Yeah. I'm not saying that he didn't sign up for that. I'm just saying like the money is for. his point is... When I do a good job, I should be able to tell you guys, you were wrong, you were wrong, you suck, you can stay. No, you know, that, the whole, no that's do not the way that works. Yeah. Win. Win the Super Bowl. Be good. Or, or like, get to the Super Bowl. Right. Win like, a trophy. What, what are you talking? You're not, you're not the Kansas, you're not Kansas City. You're not the, you're not Bill Belichick. Who are you, Brad Holmes? Why did you Why did you leave out some of those picks that didn't work when you were saying that? What about no, Jamison uh, Williams, 12 overall? Has he been what you want him to be? Is How about a, all these other picks you missed? Like, is there is there a question that spurred that on, or did he have an agenda? I going think he into came that to it today knowing that he was going. Yeah, to yeah, that, that was, was his plan. That was the opening statement. It, it yeah. was it was uh, it was a cut up that I found of his whole presser where multiple times he went to hit on these points. Like, there's cuts in the video because he wanted to make sure people knew that he had he made some good draft picks. But also, this isn't really what. I don't know. Like, if if you're going to get caught up in what people are saying about you and making sure you're getting credit now from these people, like, and again, I just come back to Ron Wolf because he was one of the most successful general managers of my lifetime, Chew. Like, behind closed doors, are you kind of going, oh, yeah, this guy got that run? Like, yeah, behind closed doors with the guys you work with. But when you get up in a publicly facing role and you stand in front of a microphone, you're not sitting there taking a victory lap and trying to dunk on the people asking you questions. I don't know, guys. I feel like this all this sets a precedent of you can't just go out there and say whatever the hell you want and then not answer for it. Chewie, you have always been an advocate for when somebody says something and then ultimately it ends up being wrong, there should be some accountability. Sure, I wouldn't have gone about it the way he did it. I would have left the media out of it and say, hey, you know what? This third round pick turned out to be a great player. You know, and sometimes we just need to be patient with some of these kids, and that's why they're a third-round pick. We have to be cautious when we're judging them in their rookie year. I would have gone about it like that, not like, oh, you thought he sucked, Joey. Look at you. You're a terrible reporter. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, we left that part of the press conference out. So <laughs> the, the, Peter, yeah. the Peter Griffin part of the, the presser was, we, we, we omitted that. Uh, here's what I will say if you're a Packers fan, and why is it relevant to you? Because it does sort of feel like the Lions are starting to feel themselves a little bit. I believe Brad is the executive of the year. I think we talked about that a week or so ago when that was announced. They're definitely kind of puffing up their chest a little. Mm-hmm. And Chu, we've talked about your mom and how she feels about people who kind of Toot their own horn, if you will. What does Charlene say? Gabe. self praise stink P.U. Wait, I, yeah. I asked you to yeah. do it, Why? and you Did deferred you to Gabe? <laughs> yeah, he forgot. <laughs> he wasn't sure. He wasn't quite sure which Charlenism you were going for, so he just deferred. <laughs> self praise stink P.U. And there it does feel a little bit like maybe the Lions are, you know, feeling themselves a little bit. And I wonder if that might be the start of the downfall. Right? Because the reason the Lions have been successful, at least in part, has been because they've been this plucky underdog. Right, and they've been like mm-hmm. nobody expects much out of them. So well, when they overperform, it's like, oh, good for you! Welcome to the party. We've been doing this for a while, but it's nice to see you. But now you're getting different messaging from your general manager and your head coach, because the thing that I really liked about Dan Campbell in his press conference after their season ended 
was the humility. Like, there was some, hey, we the job is not done here. Like, we have work to do. Like, he wants to make sure that his team is focused and realizes, hey, it's great we made it to the NFC Championship game, but that's just part of the journey of a bigger goal that we have. Whereas Brad Holmes taking his victory lap when they lost an NFC Championship game, yeah, Brad, it's great. This Your franchise had not won a playoff game in over 30 years, and you guys won too. But taking a victory lap now almost makes it seem like he's hanging the mission accomplished banner behind him as he's given the as he's given his speech and it's not so now you have a disconnect between your general manager and your head coach which is not something you want either are you saying I mean, we shouldn't hang banners for good draft picks not yet <laughs> no. nailed that one <laughs> but i mean good. i mean if you don't have any ra- you know banners in the rafters like you do at ford field maybe maybe you hang a couple Nailed this second-round pick. Third-round compensatory. Yep, that guy was good. Hang that banner. Yeah, it's just a bad... I mean, Goody could have done the same thing. Uh He was well within his right, and he'd never do it in a million years. Just a bad optic. 800-990-3776. Curious about how Packers fans feel about Brad Holmes, the GM of the Detroit Lions, taking a victory lap to the media. It's always interesting because I do think that the relationship between the media and the team should be a, one of mutual respect. Chewie, you mentioned they have a job to do. They have a job to do. It's, it's a matter of doing it in concert, if you will. Mm. But I do like the idea of the general manager saying, let's have some accountability in the press as well. When you guys have been critical about what we're doing, when you guys have jumped the gun on what we're doing, we can tell you, and maybe it shouldn't have been done publicly, but maybe it's a conversation. I don't mind that. I think sometimes you need to keep the media in check. I think sometimes you need to tell the media when you got things wrong. And I think media members, us included, should be able to say when Mm -hmm. they got stuff wrong. Because it happens. Yeah. All right, but so is Brad Holmes, is he going to stand up there and admit if he wants accountability, he needs to stand up there and be like, hey, I got this wrong. Next time he misses a draft pick. Then that's that's part of the accountability, yeah. is it not? Yeah, because he wasn't he wasn't answering to his missed picks. He was answering to his successful picks. Yeah. So how about his free agency? Is Jack Campbell, the 18th overall pick, the best pick you could have taken there for your team? Is that the answer? Because it doesn't seem like it. And you remember when you asked us how do we feel about the Lions? And Gabe and I were kind of like, that's cute, we're indifferent. I'm not. That's not where I am anymore. <laughs> now I'm rooting against him. And I know that doesn't matter to him, but the, the whole everyone's rooting for the Lions thing, that probably goes out the window now if you start acting this way. 800-990-3776. Justin weighing in saying, this is where the Lions start going down. Absolutely bizarre GM rant. A victory lap because you go to the NFC Championship game. Lions are starting to feel themselves. Be careful. It's the NFL. I hope when you get things wrong, you do the same thing, big guy. We'll take a break here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Roll on right after this. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Ryan and McGuanago weighing in. Hey, if you find something that sucks for 25 years, you hold on to that. Yeah, that is very good point. Because <laughs> usually the sucking only happens before you get married, and then the sucking <laughs> just stops. We're going to get fired. Yeah. On 94.5 ESPN. This is your cue to call. 800-990-3776. 800-990-3776. By now, you should have it saved in your phone. Just lock it up. Put it in there. Jen Gamachui, ESPN Milwaukee, 800-990-3776. It is time to play Superb Owl Squares. We need contestants for our trivia game so you can get entered into your opportunity to win after the big game. The way that it works is we play twice a day during this week. This will be our first one. We'll do it again in the second hour of the show. 
We got trivia questions here for you from Hembo, our friend over on Get Up and at ESPN. They are all Super Bowl related questions. If you get them right, we enter you onto our board. And it's just like squares, you know, when you play big game squares. Depending on the outcome of the game, that will determine our winner. So let's go out to the phone lines. Tony in Germantown, you are up first on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Are you ready to play Superb Owl Squares? Yes, I am ready. Which stadium has hosted the most Super Bowls? Um, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Nailed it. We've got three in a row. Holy cats. I was going to say Nolens. Yeah, that's what the Superdome is. The Superdome's in New Orleans. But is it called the Mercedes-Benz Superdome now? I think we got two names there because Mercedes-Benz isn't that Atlanta? Yeah. Well, I think they're also in... Oh, I it? think that's what the Superdome right. is. Yeah. I think he's right. That he he said first... the Superdome. The Superdome yeah. is in New Orleans. He meant New Orleans. He gets it right. All right, Tony, We I Counts trust you. I just want but to make it, sure. It is now the Caesars Superdome. Oh, well, well I can't get it. Tony, congratulations. You're our big winner. I was worried we were going to go way into the 8 o'clock hour with this sucker, but That's Tony just yeah. absolutely used, nailed it on the first try. It, it has been known as the Mercedes-Benz Superdome as Love well. that. And how many times have has that stadium hosted the Super Bowl game? Seven times. Seven About times in New Orleans. Including Super Bowl 31. Monica Geller. All right. My favorite Super Bowl. Guess we'll go to break here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Tony is our big winner Three on in Superb a row. Owl Squares. Can we make it four in a row? We will do it in the second hour of the show in about 45 minutes. Stick around.